When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Hello, it's Robert here, and we're at the Dumpty Dum Oxford meetup here at the St. Aldate's Tavern. And I'm also here with... Maria. Allison. Missy. And... Nula. And uh, a secret man in the background who's not willing to divulge his identity. (laughs) And we are going to do our Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumpty dum dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum They'll never play that Here we are, this is a Dumpty Dum special. I spoke to, I didn't realise it, but really, she's probably my favourite Archer's character, and she's probably actually yours as well. Um, after doing Dumpty Dum for, for three plus years and being a fan of the Archers for some 30 odd, everybody's favourite actors are Legion. So whether it was back in the 80s, it was Nelson, or whether it was Walter Gabriel, or let's say now uh, people might say Jolene or they might say Fallon. One name that never gets mentioned is a character who I think we all kind of love to hate but we love her when she comes on our radios and it's Susan and of course she's played by the actor Charlotte Martin. I thought we should do a Dumpty Dum special whereby I speak to Charlotte about her playing Susan for some how many years now is it Charlotte? Oh my goodness, I think I started in the programme in about 1982, which is scarily a long time ago. 30, <laughs> um, yeah. 35 years. And oh, no. the character of Susan has obviously gone through um, a very interesting and very specific kind of uh, story arc. So here we are, um, Charlotte. Why don't you tell mm. us how um, you got the role of Susan, and then tell us about going into the Pebble Mill Studios for the first time to be Susan yeah. Carter. Okay, well, I was at drama school in Birmingham at the um, Old Rep in Birmingham, which is a really old theatre. Um, and um, prior to me being in, at, at the drama school, um, um, Trevor Harrison, who we will all know plays uh, Eddie Grundy, um, had been at the drama school and then came back occasionally to chat to us about um, acting and where you know where where we where we should go and what we should do when we left drama school. 
Um, and he happened to mention that they were auditioning for this program called The Archers, which I knew of because my parents had listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went along and, and auditioned for, in fact, two two other parts um, prior to me getting Susan. And both times I, I went along, auditioned, and the director said, oh, yeah, we really like you, but... Um, and then I didn't get the part. Um, and so I thought, oh, actually, I'm probably not going to be successful in this. But actually, it was William Smethurst, who is um, one of the well-known directors um, of The Archers, who sadly is now no longer with us. But he said to me, look, you know, we really like your voice. We really want you to be in the programme. So um, we will get back to you. So I went off, you know, young actor thinking mm, it's probably not going to happen. And blow me down, they came back and said, there's this part, Susan Carter young girl in the village um would you like to would you like to play her so so that was it so i was charlotte did they create the role specifically for you then i'm not sure to be honest um i know that the 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 character hadn't been mentioned before and as i say i'd been i'd auditioned for these other two two parts they were in the program but they didn't actually end up staying around for a long time um so i don't know whether whether william had any influence in saying you know i've got this actor that i quite like and um you know can we create a role for her but um she's she definitely hadn't been mentioned or played by anyone else prior to me me playing her Oh, look, there's Susan and little Emma, too. Where? It's as thick as the hat, busy. I better get down and fetch me wages before he goes. Afternoon, Mrs. Archer. Hello, Auntie. You're going somewhere? Afternoon, Susan. Hello, Emma. My, aren't you getting a big job? Well, I finished it, if it's all the same with you. You've done a good job for one. Looks a lot better. I suppose so. I thought it had a tangled charm myself. Mm, so very much. Well, I can do something right. You might have tidied up the molehills. But, yeah, I should think the vicar will be pleased. One less thing for him to worry about, anyway. As long as he puts his money where his mouth is, I don't mind. Right, I'm off to see him now. A greater rate for the job, did you? Richard will pay you. Of course he will. 25 quid. Reckon he's got his money's worth. Mm. Well, you better go and collect it, then. See you in the ball this evening, shall we? Celebrating. Mm, my darling, if you keep smiling at me like that. Might even buy you a drink. Afternoon. He should give you that money to help pay off what he owes you. He should, Mrs. Archer. And he's going to. Don't you worry about that. And what do you think it was that he actually saw in a in a young Charlotte Martin back then? Yeah, who knows? I mean, um, it's 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 one of those difficult things, isn't it? Because unlike television. Um, you haven't got any visuals to kind of go on and guide you in terms of casting someone. Um, so I don't know. There must have been something about my voice, about the way I um, use my voice on radio, perhaps. Um, it was my first job, so I hadn't got much experience. So um, I don't know. I don't know what he saw, <laughs> but he obviously saw something. And thank goodness he did. So what was it like um working on the show back then um describe you know your first foray mm. into uh, the studios at pebble mill yeah it was really scary as i say i hadn't done any radio before um so um kind of went in um, had met obviously william smetherhurst who who cast me um 
in the programme. And so, you know, everything was new. You know, luckily, the cast were absolutely brilliant and very supportive and saw kind of this naive young actress coming into the programme and guided me and told me about, you know, the best way to turn your page when you when you, when you read the script, so not, not to make a noise and to look out for the green light, not the, you know, when, when, when recording was about to start. Uh, and it was, it was quite intimidating in a way, although, as I say, the, the cast were really friendly and lovely but um i was suddenly surrounded by these very kind of renowned actors you know people in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s in fact you know who who were had been in 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 acting for such a long time and were very professional and you know established and even outside the studio before we went in you know they got their a few of the older characters had their specific seats where they sat every time we went into the court. Um, and it was, you know, and they told old stories. They would kind of hold court in the corner in between scenes. And it was um, it was amazing, absolutely amazing for a young actor to, to come into that. And I, I learned an awful lot um, from, from those people. Who did you specifically learn the most from, would you say? And who were you in awe of back then? Um, I chap who played Nelson Gabriel I mean he was just astounding um very witty very um acerbic in his wit but uh, a great great actor um there were several others I mean the lady who played um Mar- uh, Margot Boyd who played Mrs Antrobus she mm-hmm. she'd been in it for a long time um and she was marvelous as well but I, I you know I I, I think all in all, you know, they, that older generation, that group of older people were, were just um, amazing, really. And, and, and as I say, very supportive to, to a young actor who didn't really know a lot about radio acting. And, um, you know, where it could be a bit, bit irritating, you know, to have a young person come in who doesn't know what to do and, and whatever. Um, they, they were really great. And I hope that actually us lot being in the programme now for, you know, 20, 30 years uh, are the same with new actors coming in now. I like to think we are. So when you initially uh, joined, you weren't mm. Susan Carter, you were Susan Horobin. Yes. Um, yeah. Describe the Horobins back then. <laughs> well, they they said, look, you come, this, this character lives in has lived in the village she was born in the village she's uh, got you know uh, quite a large family mainly brothers one one sister they're very very um working class um have no money a bit rough around the edges they got this old cars <laughs> you know rubber. and so i kind of built up this picture of this 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 young girl who had got um i think she got her first job in the ball Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one of the first scenes I remember was um, in the in the ball serving. Um, oh gosh, I, one of the old chaps. I can't even remember his name now. But um, it was to do with a, a, a fruit machine. Um, but but there there was this kind of backstory of Susan being known in the village, and you know everybody would have known her as she was growing up. But coming from this really rough rough family, mm-hmm. um, so that was quite an interesting kind of backstory for me, which. Um, Luckily, I've been allowed to develop as as um, as much as possible. Do you think that a lot of the character of Susan and her she because basically she's a frenemy of Clary, isn't she? She's friends yes. with Clary, but she's definitely thinks she's somewhat better than Clary. And, and oh, yeah. 
and and that's kind of rooted in the whole kind of horror bin kind of grundy backstory that the, the they are the two down at hill working class families in the village isn't it yeah yeah definitely i mean you know susan is um you know despite everyone saying oh god she's such a pain in the neck i think at the, at the heart of it what she wants to do is is rise above her her poorly background you know kind mm. of her her, her low working class status and I think she's done a really good job in a way I mean you know she can come over as a bit pushy and a bit um, unfeeling in terms of you know other people and, and wanting to get her own way and, and, and uh, move on up um, whereas Clary doesn't doesn't do that Clary's sort of accepting isn't she of, of, of her yeah. status and, and, and where she is and doesn't really have that drive and I don't know where Susan got that drive from it's quite interesting actually um, I don't I don't know it, it, I, I hadn't thought about this actually I mean she she's she does want to drive and she doesn't want to she does want to increase her family status and, and you know get her kids into you know um, jobs and positions that perhaps she might never have had but I, I don't know where where that came from in Susan actually that's that that might be quite interesting for me to think about actually where where that actually came from she's never happier more happier than being invited around to the auditions is she oh no yeah absolutely she loves that I think you know to, to, for Susan to be associated and be as she says you know part of the Aldridge family now is probably her most um important thing that's happened to her in her life I mean she's she's um you know to be associated with that with that kind of wealth mm-hmm. is exactly what Susan would have would have dreamt of so she absolutely loves that and and, and regularly as you know and listen and listeners will will realize that she takes every opportunity to to point that out or <laughs> if, you know use use christian names whereas uh, you know probably in the in the years before she'd have called them mr and mrs aldridge now of course it's jennifer and brian which she um she revels in i think and but an important kind of marker in the story of susan um if we move on from from you kind of marrying Neil is you spent some time at Her Majesty's Pleasure, didn't you? Or at least the character did. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> conflating the, the the two things here. Um, can you give us a little bit of a background to that? And you know, it did have some kind of wider repercussions within kind of British society, didn't it? You were mentioned. The character was mentioned in, in a, an august place. So give us a background to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so Susan obviously comes from this really poor family um, and her brothers, well, particularly one brother, is always getting into trouble and actually ended up in prison. Now, uh, he uh, was on the run from uh, prison and Susan, despite her best interests, w- wanted to kind of, although she didn't agree with what he'd done, wanted to protect him. And when he was on the run, he came to her house and she ended up uh, looking looking after him for a couple of nights and dyeing his hair to help him get on the run. Now, um, it all ended up in, in disastrous consequences with the police finding out and Susan being um, imprisoned for, I think it was a couple of months. Um, this was outrageous really and and the the uh, you know the listeners were incredible at that time because susan had, had 
being put into prison and everyone was saying oh my god this is outrageous how could how could a, a woman who you know she'd done it on in in a in the best intentions and it was her brother and this and the other um and actually it went uh it got out into into you know the media and people were actually discussing it in terms of you know real real life and how uh, there were lots of women who were having to endure a prison sentence for the most ridiculous of crimes and mm-hmm. when when they really they should have been um helped and supported in 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 society so of course you know this was this went to the house of commons and it was it was mentioned you know in in the, in the how in uh, discussion uh, um discussion in 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 the houses of parliament and it was just um an incredible time because i had reporters ringing me up at that time asking me about you know what were my views on women in prison and this that, and the other i was even asked to go on to um kilroy oh wow remember wow all those all those years ago um kilroy which was a, a kind of discussion program wasn't it in, mm. in in the morning on, on bbc um, and they wanted me to go on to discuss with um, uh, women in prison, with women who'd actually been in prison. And I actually turned that down because I thought, hold on, this is kind of really blurring reality and fantasy. Mm. Um, and how dare I, as an actor, go on to um, television and discuss what, you know, real women's plight when I have really no idea whatsoever about what it, what it's like. So I, I decided that that was probably not a good move. And I'm glad I did that. But it just shows you how uh, influential the programme can be and how, it, you know, the blur, as I say, the blurring between fantasy and um, um, reality can, can get a bit skewed in terms of um, programmes and television and, and media. Mm. But but it is kind of powerful in terms of shining a light on a specific topic. One thing that I was, I was about to say is I w- that I'd forgotten, but actually I didn't know that actually Christopher was born w- with a hair lip, and mm. that's another kind of important storyline in terms yeah. of um, new mothers um, not. For whatever reason, not being able to bond with their child, you know, kind of postnatal mm-hmm. depression, and then yeah. when the child has um, a very correctable deformity, but once mm. it's so visible, that you know, that's another kind of interesting issue to to shine a light on. So, can you remember how that storyline was you know, was maybe introduced to you, the actor, then actually kind of playing that and how that kind of played out with the story yeah. of you and and Christopher. Yeah, I mean, cause, because um, obviously Susan originally uh, got pregnant before she married Neil, so that was a little bit of a kind of storyline. That I we, tell you, those bell, bell ringers—they're the worst, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they just? Aren't they just? <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of you know an initiation into probably kind of that that should have kind of rung alarm bells really with me as an actor mm-hmm. to think, okay, okay, they're starting her off on this on this line. Where, where's this going to go? Um, so, so okay. So Neil and Susan had had this baby and got married, and that was all great. And of course, when when they uh, said, "Oh, you know, she was she was going to be uh, pregnant again with a with a second child," which was quite acceptable. No one mentioned to me that um, that this was going to be um, a, not a, a, well a problematic birth, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had no idea. So, of course, then as we because we only received the scripts. Every every the month before we're due in to to go. Sometimes you don't know what what 
what's going to happen, the wheel and what your character's going to do, unless it's a massive storyline. So I, I didn't have much idea about what, you know, what was going to happen. I just knew I was going to have a baby. And then, of course, it, it kind of gradually came out that, oh, there were going to be slight problems because um, he was going to have this, this hair lip. And again, I think what happens with some of these storylines is, is that the scriptwriters introduce these these things into the programme, but very often they allow them to, to grow in terms of how the audience are res- responding to them. And I think that's very good and very clever of the scriptwriters and the production team to, to allow that to happen, uh, rather than actually put something out there and say, OK, we know this is going to happen and it's going to develop in this and this is the outcome. Um, so I, they, they, they allow things to be a bit organic. And I think that happened with the, with the Christopher story. It was a really interesting story to 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 do, and um, again, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you before, Royfield, about how although Susan is a bit of a caricature sometimes, I really like that she has to deal with real life problems and real life issues in a very realistic fashion, and um, and so I'm I'm really privileged as an actor to have that that mix really of, of kind of eccentric wild and caricature kind of acting with with these real life storylines such as the one um with christopher looking back at your 35 years on mm. the show now um how much would you say that susan the character susan is your construct as opposed to the writers if you had to put a percentage on it yeah, it's, I mean, it's very easy to say, okay, it's 50-50. Um, I think the scriptwriters have given me the skeleton. Right from the word go, they gave me a really good idea about where she came from uh, and who she was. But what they've then done, so I would say that was probably, you know, 75-25, you know, in, ten, in terms of, of um, input in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But then as, as the programme has, 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 has gone along, what the scriptwriters are very clever at doing and the production team are very clever at doing is allowing um, and enabling actors who've played characters for a certain amount of time to, to grow those characters in their own way. Um, and they're very confident, I think, in, in a lot of the actors' abilities to, to, to go in certain directions with the character. And I think, you know, if 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 the character is um, really well understood by the scriptwriters, and, and scriptwriters will very often have their favourite characters that they write for um, and will write very well for them and understand them very well, it's it's very much... And again, I've, I've described this as a dance between this, the actor and the, and the scriptwriter. Um, and now I would say, you know, the scriptwriters throw things out there, but as an actor, I then... I know Susan so well now that I probably am more confident to do a lot of things with her that perhaps the scriptwriters might not have imagined or to use certain um, situations that they've written for me. Give us an example of that. Give us an example of that. Um, Oh, gosh, that's... that's, um, Let me think about this now. Um, For example, I suppose um, the, the, the whole stuff in the shop where Susan is you know quite a bossy and and uh, kind of shopkeeper and likes her shop and you know mm-hmm. li- likes power and stuff the tabards so yeah and that was thrown out there but uh-huh. then th- there were little bits of that where i thought oh i can take this to a new level or you know the tabard can become something greater than just a, just a uniform and mm-hmm. and so i suppose it's about taking those tiny little hints of 
um, bossiness and, and power mad struggle, you know, that Susan has, that, and, and just growing them. Um, I have, at the heart of Susan, I think, for me, is um, an influence which I can't, I can't deny is acorn um, um, antiques um, uh-huh. and and all that all that stuff you know the kind of um, Victoria Wood sketches and stuff and I use I use that really I think as a as a, a really important influence in 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 how I develop Susan and the, and the things I think oh you know I could probably push that to that new level but using those influences, those those great Acon antiques, you know the type of stuff I'm talking about. Absolutely. Uh, to visualise Susan and what she'll do and where she'll take things, and and the, and the writers, as I say, in the production team are very happy and and great in in allowing in allowing that to happen, um, which perhaps may not happen in in telly soaps. I don't know as much. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You've been working with Brian literally from from the start, then, haven't you? You have this very close relationship, and obviously Brian plays Neil. Kind of integral to that is the fact that she's always trying to improve him, isn't she? She's trying to make him better himself, you know, drag Mm. him up by by his bootstraps. Mm. Um, I always think that, as I said, going back to what I said at the start, this is more of a statement as opposed to a question. Um, The relationship of Neil and Susan frequently gets um doesn't quite get the limelight which i think it, it kind of deserves you know in terms of so you have the archers family the family of the archers whether it's uh you know people who are named archer and then the aldridges who are also obviously archers as well and then you have this the the other families and i think the relationship which is probably has um a more light shined on it 
would be Lyndon Roberts now. But mm. there is so much, I, I think, and even listen just this week with the Kefir storyline, where the Kefir kind of blew up and nearly so got upon by you, by yeah. Susan. But he, but he can put his foot down at times, can't he? Oh, you yes. Know, and, and he did then. I haven't done anything. It looks like a bum's hit the kitchen. Oh, my kefir. Well, I told you to put it in the fridge. I didn't know it was going to start exploding. Oh, no, the coconut milk's ruined. Well, they're all ruined, oh. unless you start scraping it up oh. off the floor. Well, the raspberry's gone everywhere. What am I going to do? Mop it up, I hope. Tomorrow, for the taste test, I've nothing left. Well, at the moment, I'm not too worried about that. It's only the on the one I stuck in the fridge. Well, use that then. Oh, Tom will think I haven't bothered. Well, I don't care what he thinks. My eyes are starting to water. It's not that bad. Sour milk, something yeasty. Oh, we'll soon get it cleaned up. Uh, I am not cleaning anything. I need some fresh air. I'm going to see to the pigs. Well, you're leaving me to deal with all this on my own? Yes, I am. It's turning my stomach, Susan. Oh, but... When I get back... Kefir had better just be a dim and distant memory. Describe working with Brian and maybe how that relationship has developed. And then also Neil's kind of frustration with his with with Susan in terms of her, you know, always wanting to better herself and him feeling, you know, kind of somewhat got upon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, lovely, a lovely relationship, I think. And, and at the heart of it is is a real love i think between the two mm-hmm. of them i i i think you know it, it's very easy to say oh god she's always moaning at him and blah 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 but, but uh, you know what live. though charlotte i think it's yeah. much easier for the listener to think that neil loves her as opposed to her loving neil she obviously yeah. does don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. no I, I i can see that absolutely i think he he's you know, in in relationships, there's a giver and a taker very often, isn't there? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and despite anyone, you know, arguing the the opposite to that, I think I think if you if you are really um, scrutinise relationships, there 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 is often somebody who will give more more than the other, mm-hmm. and I think that's Neil. I think Neil. I think they love each other very much, but I think Neil is 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 very clever. And, and naturally clever, I think, at, at allowing Susan to be who she is, um, um, but but having probably the ultimate control in the relationship. Where you know, probably the listener or, or new listeners to the Archers would think it was the other way, way round. But I think actually, if you really scrutinise that relationship very carefully, Neil is in complete control and allows Susan certain. Um, you know, rain. You know, kind of rains her in sometimes, and allows her to go out. But at the end of the day, I, th- I don't think she would push him to the absolute limits. I think people might think that she might, but I don't. I don't think that's true. I think he's he's actually got the ultimate control. Don't don't you agree? I, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, it, with any complex drama there's always two levels you can look at it there's the very surface is you know what is what has been said and then mm. you look beneath that and why is what being said and what hasn't been said and mm. you know without properly engaging your brain 
uh, as a listener to to the archers you know the power dynamic is that she's a little mini hitler and he's mm. a, a sought upon uh partner yeah H- however you're you're completely right there's a lot of things that kind of go go unsaid and and the power dynamic isn't quite as uh one-sided as you you would actually expect no and and I always think that um, Neil is a really interesting character. This is one of the points which I made a, a few weeks ago, actually on on Dumby Dum. That you know he's the chair of the parish council, and and actually, if you want to see the class divide still writ large in um, a British drama, you know, watch the listen to the Archers, and he is the one character without um, an RP accent who has. A, a very clear position of authority. Mm. You know, he yeah. he is the only you know uh, working character that sounds working class anyway. Who you yeah. know he he who has an official station within the village. And pen people listen to him and respect his. They view. do. They do. They do. Uh, even even down to the you know, and it was kind of interesting with the whole kind of Robin Helen storyline. The fact that Helen actually said, "Neil, would you be a character uh, witness yeah. for me?" Yeah, you're so lucky to have him, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Just to finish she knows, up, she knows that really. That's why she cooks him chili every so often. Aye, aye. Um, <laughs> the the, the chili storyline. Where did that come from? Because that is such a thing now, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I mean, we they. I think the, the scriptwriters had written this. This. I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about. You know, where does the actor? How far can the actor push the character? And in, in you mm-hmm. know, in terms of the writing and stuff. And I remember the writers writing this. This where she cooked in some chili. I think between the two of us, we just thought, oh, that 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 just felt natural that she would say, oh, it's chili tonight. Um, in a in a way. In a, in a way, in a way that he would say, "Oh yes, I know what you, I know what you, I know what she's saying." Now, mm-hmm. You know, kind of hidden, and it just, it just, it, we, we threw that away in one episode, and then suddenly on Twitter, it, it became this thing whereby a lot of the listeners were saying, "Oh, okay, chili, we know what that means," and and then it just grew and grew and grew, and of course, we, you know, I, I love all that stuff on Twitter, and so I kind of played on that a little bit. But yeah, it's taken off completely, and so even in you know studio now, we um, we laugh very much in terms of you know whether whether Susan's going to be cooking in the chili tonight or not. <laughs> but um, yeah, that it's one of those wonderful things that actually you know years ago, before social media and before we ever did any tweeting about the archers and whatever, uh, would never have happened. But now, thanks to the you know social media we we have all these different avenues to to grow the characters and grow these ideas which um i i'm i'm very much for i think it's it's a marvelous addition so um i take it then that you're a dab hand charlotte martin's a dab hand at rustling up a chili at home (laughs) um i'm not i mean i like cooking but it's you know i i I um, mm. I'm not a great meat eater, for example. So oh, if there's okay. a if there's a chili happening in the house, it's going to be with um, a, a, a well-known substitute, meat substitute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let let's just finish up because I know you've, yeah. you've got you've got to toddle off. Yeah. Um, calendar girls. Oh gosh, yes. Right. So um, tell us about that photo shoot in the Radio Times because I must admit I have it blown up pretty big on my bedroom wall <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> Good.
goodness me. Yes, well, that was amazing. I mean, we did we did it. Um, it was under the um, uh, watch of, of Sean O'Connor, of course, who mm. was with us for for a while. Who was who was great. He was very keen on kind of um, extending the the um, avenues of, of of the arts actors and and the and the things that we could do and so um a couple of times we i think we did um blind spirit the the one one christmas and then of course he said well okay let's let's do um calendar girls and we all thought oh gosh this will be interesting because that's such a visual play that uh-huh. you know it was quite daring to to do it on radio anyway i was luckily you know he, he included me in the cast which was great and we did it and it was great fun but of course, you know, following that, everyone's saying, "Okay, well, are you going to do the calendar? What's going to happen?" Blah blah blah. And so, um, yeah, we were we were encouraged to to do the calendar, which was great fun, if a little daunting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We all ended up in a studio in London and um, were very well looked after, and there was quite a bit of prosecco on hand, you know, kind of just to <laughs> get, get us all, get us all nice and chilled. But it was a great experience, and it was it was very liberating actually. Um, and I think all of us, um, if you interviewed all of us now who were in the calendar, although we were a bit apprehensive at first, um, we were all very pleased with the with the final um, photographs. And it was just a lovely thing to have done. And you know, very glad we did it. Well, so, so am I, and as I said, um, I gaze at it um, lovingly, adoringly, <laughs> on, on a daily basis. Um, just, you've been in it for 35 years now. Who's yeah. been your favourite editor, do you think? Under which stewardship do you think um, you, uh, as an actor, and then Susan okay. as a character, have maybe developed the most, and why? Well, I mean, I have to, you know, I have to take my hats off to um, William Smithhurst, who obviously gave me the role in the first place and was very supportive of me as a, a very young, as I say, you know, inexperienced actress who, who, um, he he had faith in me, and you know, if it hadn't been for him, then I wouldn't be in the program. So William obviously holds a, a place in my heart. Um, I was a great fan of Vanessa uh, Whitburn who um, was with us for a long time um, and I'd worked with her in radio drama before that and during my early days in the Archers uh, fabulous director um, and, you know really really um, understood actors and, and, and was great with us all um, Sean was Sean was a great director editor and as I said, you know, about kind of doing Blythe Spirit and, and Calendar Girls, he was very um, innovative and gave us lots of opportunities that perhaps we might not have had mm-hmm. uh, if during the, the programme. But I must, must mention our lovely uh, new editor, who is just the most marvellous and um, intuitive and um, great, just a great, great person who's, who's doing fabulous things with with the program and um as i say you know one of the one of the key things for editors and directors are understanding the actors and allowing us to to have the freedom to create our characters and develop our characters in in our own way um so you know that that that's that's a joy so we're having a really great time and hopefully the program will blossom and peace watch Charlotte Martin, well, thank you for coming on to a very special Dum Dum, and allowing you to um, to blossom as uh, 
as Susan Carter. Okay, well, thank you very much, and it's great to speak to you again. Oh, I love you. You're ace. <laughs> I ramble a bit. Then no, memory... stop it, stop it. That 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 was <laughs> lovely. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.